You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Have you ever done exactly what an expert tells you to do only to have it fail miserably? I have been down that road many times. And if you're serving in church communications, I have a feeling you have been down that road as well. There are so many people that are giving answers away when it comes to how you're supposed to do every single process and task in the church. It's overwhelming. And the problem is that their advice doesn't always work. Now, you may think it's a little bit ironic that I'm sitting here trying to build a channel, trying to build a podcast, trying to share information with people about how they can build healthy creative teams. Doesn't that make me the same thing that I'm talking about in this episode? Yes, it does. And I want you to hear that. This is something that is a problem for all experts who are speaking into churches and creative ministry. So what I want to talk about a little bit today is how do we navigate this successfully as creatives in the church? I want to talk about both the good side because there are absolutely advantages to listening to experts and to partnering with experts. And part of this for me is I spent the vast majority of my career serving in the trenches of creative ministry. And so I've seen this group of people from the outside. Now I am on the outside. (laughs) So I'm contrasting a little bit. What are the good things about being in the season that I'm in right now? Being in the outside, how can I help churches effectively? So that's the gap that I want to help navigate, in part because I don't want your your new ideas, these, these great initiatives that you hear about and are excited about, I don't want them to fall flat. Because when it falls flat, it's stressful. You lose credibility. Uh, It costs resources, whether it be time or money. A lot of different things. Reputation. So let's, let's do this. Let's start with the value that experts can bring to the table. Because there's a pro and a con, but let's start with the pros. And then I'm going to help you discern how to identify the cons. The first thing here is that experts can go really deep. One of the things that I've appreciated about this season for me, as I have not had the same level of tyranny of the urgent that I did while I was on a church staff, I'm able to go hyper deep on one specific thing. So for me, as you know, I care a lot about healthy creative teams. So what do I spend my time doing? Yes, I spend my time working with churches, helping them navigate some of these complexities, but I'm also doing a lot of research. I'm looking around at other voices that care about healthy teams and healthy dynamics. I am developing language that I have found to be particularly helpful throughout my career. I'm formalizing it. As you saw with the last podcast episode and the last uh, parable video, this idea of the four creative cores, I was able to develop that because I have margin to go deep, to go really deep on this idea of building healthy teams. So I can set up the problem. There are church teams where the creative teams are unhealthy. How do we solve that? There's a lot of different layers. I can really dig deeply into these things because I have the time and the margin to be able to. That is the core thing that I'm trying to invest in. And the same is true with so many other experts that exist out there. I'm friends with people who run marketing organizations specifically for churches. It's incredible to see the depth that they have created and the depths that they have gone to in order to build something that works incredibly well for churches. And so that depth is an unbelievable asset to the church. I'm connected to people who are building out web platforms or 
help you with branding. These are incredible frameworks and systems and tools and infrastructures that save the church so much time and so much money compared to doing it yourself. So experts can go really deep and the depth that experts can get to can save the church a ton of resources. The next thing that experts can do is to be undistracted. Now, you may feel like that's crazy talk because if you're serving in the trenches of ministry, distraction is part of the game. You, you have a deadline in front of you. You have a major project or a major initiative you're trying to knock out. Guess who's knocking on the door? Somebody who cares more about their thing than the big problem that you're trying to solve. The issue is that that level of distraction prevents you from being able to go deep. Like I had mentioned with the depth that an expert can go, experts can go that deep because they don't have as many distractions. So for me, everything that I do focuses around building healthy creative teams. That leads to a better product at the end of the day. That leads to better thinking around healthy team dynamics. That's what it yields. And the benefit for the church then is that they can come to me and say, we have this very specific problem. And I can say, I have done a lot of work, undistracted work, deep work that will let me give you something and provide you with something that will be very helpful for the specific problem that you're trying to navigate. That's the advantage of undistracted work. Another area where experts are incredibly helpful to the church is that they bring a very wide perspective, a broad perspective to the problems that your ministry might face. I'm already seeing this. There was a, a season where I had these two different churches that I was working with, and one of them kept solving problems in a way that was helpful to the other church. So I got to be the liaison. I got to be the one that says, hey, I'm working with this other church right now. Here's how they solved it. What do you think of that? Like, oh, that's incredible. Let's make some adjustments, but I love that general concept. When I was serving as a creative manager, we needed to redo our website. And I remember that there was this tension around staff pages during that season. Some people loved them, some people hated them. I didn't really care one way or the other, I just wanted a clear answer in terms of what is it that people on the outside of our church are looking for. I didn't know how to get that information without just calling a bunch of churches and asking them. And that didn't feel like the best use of my time and frankly, I didn't even have that time if I thought it was the best use of my time. So instead, I talked to a company that did this, that did web work, for thousands of churches across the United States. And you know what they told me? They told me having a staff page is very important. It was the second highest or the second most viewed page of all pages on a church's website. Blew me away that it was that important relative to the experience of users. So what did that do? That gave me a really deep understanding really quickly that I could take action on and implement into our plans as we were building our new website. That's the value that this broad perspective gives you. And that's what experts can gather way more efficiently than those who are serving in the trenches. Now, you can have a broader perspective. So don't hear me say that that's impossible. I'm just saying that's one of the things that is particularly unique about experts is that they're doing a lot of work with a lot of different ministries most of the time. And so they can share with you best practices. They can share with you some of the things that seem to be resonating or working or not working in different contexts. In other situations, you can be getting a cross-denominational benefit because a lot of Baptists only talk to Baptist churches and a lot of Presbyterians only talk to Presbyterian churches. 
well, what if there's a good idea across those party lines? And there usually is, just for the record. Now, all of a sudden, you become this outside agent that can be one who is sharing these ideas. And so for those of you serving in the church, you can get a richer perspective from these people that are sharing this information. Experts can also focus resources. This is a really interesting tension because serving in the church, there were a lot of things that I wanted to move forward on and I wanted to innovate in certain areas, but we just couldn't pull it off financially because we had other responsibilities. The reality is that the church isn't supposed to be a hub of innovation technologically, you know, from a user interface perspective, any of those types of things. There are churches who have taken on that as a value on some levels, but even then they spin it off to become an organization that's separate. And so now all of a sudden I can focus my resources on building healthy creative teams in a way that just wouldn't make sense because that's not the primary ministry of the church. Experts from the outside give you the opportunity to benefit from this extreme focus of resources so that your ministry can reap the reward of that without having to invest the same level of resources in that initial development. So through all of these things, okay, experts sound great. Should I quit my job and go be an expert? What's the problem? Well, I, I wanted to set that up because I don't want you to think that experts are just always terrible. The role of experts is very important to the success of any industry from my vantage point. But here's the big weakness that experts bring to the table. They don't know your exact context. Now, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to just throw away all of the opportunity to learn from experts because a lot of the work that's happening is incredible work. What do we do then in order to discern if an idea is a good one or not. I wanna walk you through a very simple set of steps that I go through when I'm applying this myself. But first, I wanna calibrate ourselves a little bit. Let me jump to Acts 17.11 because I actually think it's a really good insight into the value of critical thinking when it comes to a message that we hear. So Acts 17.11, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. I love that this group of people, the Bereans, are being praised for the fact that they were almost critical of the things that Paul were saying. They wanted to validate them. So maybe critical is not the right word, but man, they weren't just going to take it because somebody said it. And I think there's a lot of wisdom here when I look at the way that the Bereans navigated the situation. They didn't just ramp up and say, Paul, you're an idiot. We don't agree. Instead, they heard it. They listened <laughs> with great eagerness. And then they said, let's validate this. Let's run this through a process. Let's revisit scripture and see if it confirms with what Paul's saying. I think that's a beautiful picture for us. And that's really a lot of what I would recommend for you as you're assessing. So let's say this is the scenario. You hop on YouTube and you see a new video. It's one of the church calm or the church creative leader experts, and they're giving you information about something. So what do we do? How do we make the most of this type of a situation? Well, the first thing here is to listen. Listen to what's being said. Watch the video a couple times. Listen and process and think. Not spend hours and hours going deep on it, but just really grasp what it is they're talking about. Think about it logically. Does this make sense? Just on the surface, do I agree with this? There've been plenty of times where I've seen videos and you know, two minutes in, I'm like, hard pass, super don't agree with you. There are other times where I've watched the full video and I felt like I should agree, but I've paused long enough to say, well, 
I don't know. I have a conflicting experience. I mentioned church apps. This was my experience with church apps. I listened to the message that church apps were bad, but then I looked at our analytics on our church app and I said, well, church apps are good. If you haven't seen the parable video kind of talking about this, that's, you'll see that better played out there. But this first step is to listen. We need to hear the things that experts are saying. Absolutely valuable because a lot of what I mentioned earlier, experts can invest a lot. They can go deep, that kind of thing. Listen and hear what they have to say. The next thing that you want to do though, is you want to begin filtering that message. So obviously there's the gut check. Nah, I don't, I don't agree. I'm out. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> you can apply the gut check. But I would encourage you to filter it through your mission. Does this really help us move forward in the way that we want to as an organization, in a way that our mission calls us to? So there were certain times for us where a new initiative would come up and I would be passionate about it because I heard somebody talking about it. If you're not on social media for this platform, man, you're in trouble. Okay, well, was our mission to be in all of those places? Not for our local church. I'm glad that there are some churches that have that mission, but that was not our church's mission. Okay, so then I can, I can ignore that then. I can say, great, I'm glad that other churches are engaged in you know, Snapchat. That was not for us. And in, in my context, actually, leadership got to the point where they made the decision to say it is not for us because so many people were putting pressure on it. It wasn't for us. What they did is they listened, then they filtered it through the mission. This doesn't align, and it didn't align because it actually violated some of the other values that we held as an organization. So that's the first one, filter it through your mission. Second, filter it through your culture. Next, you wanna filter it through your resources. What if we did this? Okay, but do you know how much money that costs? That's, you don't have that much money. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't sustain that. I see this a lot with LED walls lately. I saw somebody who said, our church bought an LED wall. Now we're trying to figure out what's the cheapest way to get content on there. That's backwards. You should not have made a financial decision like that if you can't support it, if you can't sustain it. And so that's great if an expert says LED walls are the way to reach Gen Z. Your church isn't resourced to be able to pull it off. It doesn't matter what this expert has to say if it doesn't pass this test when you filter it through your resources. So once you've done these things, you're gonna have a pretty good pulse on whether or not you think this is gonna work. So now you have to make a decision. And there's three decisions that you can make here. The first is, no, we're not gonna do it. Okay, you're done, congratulations. You have successfully navigated whether or not the advice that this expert is giving you is applicable or relevant to your context. So no, it's not, you're done. Now you can move on and you don't have to hold that anymore in your brain. That's one of the things that was a struggle for me. There were a lot of maybes in my life and I didn't come to the certainty of a yes or a no. So I held on to it and it added stress. Your goal is to get to certainty. No, this doesn't fit for us. Move on, let it go. And then the next decision here, it's actually yes is both of the next decisions, but yes now is this something that we need to jump on immediately? I think of threads. Again, there was a parable video about this. Check it out if you wanna see what that dialogue looks like. The urgency, the necessity, the, the critical nature of we have to get on threads now. Do you though? I don't think you do. Now, of course, I'm an expert telling you you don't have to get on threads, so you have to make the decision. But I will say this, I'm looking back on where threads is now versus where it was then. I'm glad I didn't invest a lot of resources into it. So just throwing that out there. But yes, now, is this something that we wanna move forward on now? Or 
the last decision here. Yes, but later. So threads again comes up. Yes, we're going to invest in threads, but we're going to wait. We're going to wait till it matures. We're going to wait six months, eight months, a year and a half. Whatever the time frame is, is irrelevant, but you're making a decision. You're getting to certainty. Yes, I agree with this expert. Our church should be on threads, but we're going to do it later. That's a decision. That's certainty. So essentially what you're doing here is what the Bereans are doing. You're evaluating the validity of a claim with the ministry context that you're representing. Remember, you're the expert for your ministry context. So your job is to figure out that compatibility. I really want you to hear this. It's okay for you to disagree with experts. Not everything that experts say will work in your context. I can guarantee you that because they don't know your context. You do. That's critical for you to understand and to embrace. Because what I really think is the most effective role for experts is a partnership. The only way I'm going to find success in helping you build a creative team that's healthy is by partnering with you. So whenever I share content on social media, I need to keep it general enough. So my principles would be don't yell at each other in the office. That's a pretty good principle. It's pretty general, but it's pretty true everywhere there are people. <laughs> if you're yelling at people in the office, you're not going to be yielding the healthiest culture. Okay, great. But what are the nuances in your specific context? What are the nuances in your specific difficult situation? I don't know, not without having a conversation. And that's why I like to look at experts as partners. The best business owners that I know that are specifically focused on serving the church, they're partners. They come in and they say, hey, I've done a bunch of deep work. I've done a bunch of research. I have a very broad perspective in terms of how different ministries function. And I figured some things out. Let's have a conversation about what that can look like for you. Let's figure out what components of this are compatible with what you're doing as a ministry. Let's figure out how we can partner and make this a really effective time together. That to me is the role that experts need to play when serving the church. But it's your responsibility as the in-house expert to be the one who navigates that well. So think through these concerns, think through these processes in terms of how you evaluate what the experts have to say. I'm gonna be blunt here at the end. Don't trust what experts have to say out of the box. You have to filter it against your context first. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.